Koppel, host of the Time for Coffee podcast, where you get firsthand career advice into the jobs and industries that interest you the most. And before we start today's show, I have a quick favor to ask you. If you haven't already, I'd be incredibly grateful if you give us a rating and a review on iTunes. And if you're like me, you need to do it now because you'll forget later and because it's the best way to help others who may be in search of career advice to find this free resource. So press pause if you haven't done it and do it right now. I'll wait. Thanks so much and enjoy today's show. Hey there, Java Junkies. Welcome to another K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. By the way, K-Cups come in three sizes, single, double, and triple shots, or roughly one minute, five minutes, or ten minutes in length. So if you don't have time to throw back an entire caffeinated career conversation, these K-Cup mini episodes of T4C can give you a quick caffeinated fix, whether you're on the go or you only have a few minutes to binge. So grab your mug and take a chug, because it's time for a caffeinated career triple shot K-Cup with my guest, Sasha Mornell. So from Tokyo. You went to Harvard Business School. And after you graduated from HBS, you got what you thought was going to be your dream job at the NBA in their international management training program. When did you have the aha moment that that wasn't for you? And how did you deal with it? I just want to emphasize this for a second because I, I can't emphasize this enough to what you just said. I'm going to repeat it. After business school, I got my dream job. It was the dream job, the National Basketball Association, international management. I was going to work through the NBA in all the various divisions, television, sponsorship, promotions, operations working with McDonald's, working with the International Television Group, and then be posted over in Hong Kong as the assistant director for the Asian Pacific region. I mean, I could not have thought of a better job coming out of business school. And I knew within the first week that this was not for me. Being in New York, in the National Basketball Association, the NBA's head office, I realized culturally, this was not a fit for me. So what did you do? It was a very hard year and going around to the various divisions and trying to convince myself that I was wrong, meaning everything I just said about being a dream job and opportunities. I said, I have to be wrong about this. It doesn't get better than this. And I was miserable for a year. And so the week before... I was supposed to go to Hong Kong and be posted there. I realized, you know, I don't know when the epiphany occurred or if it was just a year of buildup that I was true to myself and said, I can't do this. I cannot go all the way over to Hong Kong and be with this organization. It's not right for me and it's not the right decision. So I have to quit. And that's what I did. What advice do you have for our young listeners, Sasha? who may have their own idea 
of whatever that dream job is and then have the realization if they get it, that it isn't all they expected it to be. I mean, do you think that there really is such a thing as a dream job? I think I've been living it in terms of the startups I've created and and the companies I've created. Those to me are my dream jobs. The advice I would say is it's hard. And again, this has been a theme to some of your listeners. Cut yourself slack, but you have to be true to yourself. And if you're miserable, if you're miserable, there are other options. Take those other options, even if it means there's a bridge between option one and two, meaning you have to quit and take some time. Life is too short to be doing what other people view as a dream job or opportunity. You have to live your own life. So how did you then live your own life after you quit? And how did you end up at register.com where you became the vice president of sales and marketing? So again, to be fully transparent, I was, I quit the MBA. I've left my dream job and just taking people back. I was miserable, right? So I just spent this very difficult year. What am I going to do? Where am I going to go? This was everything I could have imagined. It didn't work out. And I was depressed and had quit no job in New York City. So I just, there's some perspective on this. It was a very low point of my life. I was age 28, had finished business school, thought I was king of the world. And so it was very humbling. And out of being humbled, I was open to talking to people. And one of the people I talked with was the founder of a company called Foreman Interactive. Foreman Interactive had a variety of businesses, but one was this fledgling little part of the business called register.com. It was really just a domain name at that point. And I interviewed with this, this entrepreneur and business owner. And he said, why don't you come aboard and start this domain registration business? It was called register.com. Which back in at the time, 1997-98, was a regulated business. It was going to become deregulated. It was just starting. People were just starting to get on the internet. And he asked me to come aboard at a very low salary in a grimy little office and factory that his dad owned in Brooklyn. And I said, sure, why not? And is it accurate? This is what I've read. That just two years after you joined register, it became an 800 million IPO. Is that right? That's right. That's right. So I was the first employee at register.com. And over the next two years or so, the entire company migrated under that umbrella and, and the other businesses were folded into that and all the resources were put into the register.com brand. And we took in venture capital and just grew like an absolute rocket ship part of which was because we went from a regulated industry to where we were pushing on Capitol Hill to have the industry deregulated, meaning that there could be competition. So we were the first competitor to a company called Network Solutions out of the gate. And so from day one, we had been building the brand. We took off like a rocket ship. And at that time, it was the thing to do was to go public very, very quickly, which is what we did. And there you go. And I'm guessing... Sasha Mornell was hooked. I was hooked. I, I make jokes about this. So we were in this grimy factory 
30 people packed into this tiny little office. This is a true story. I literally had to throw my shoes away after two months because they were black with the soot from the floor. And I couldn't believe how happy I was creating this company out of nothing. And technology and the platform and the optimism that I've touched on, I was like a pig in mud, as to be polite, and realized this was my calling. So how did you go from register to finding the person who would become your brother in arms? <laughs> That's right. Raphael. Yep. And deciding to start Facile. So sometimes you don't make decisions, they're made for you. And what I mean by that is I got a phone call one day at register.com from this entrepreneur by the name of Raph Pilato. He had a product. He was a serial entrepreneur. I didn't know this at the time. He called me up, just cold called me and said, Hey, we've got this product called In a Box website now, which was a perfect product for register.com as we were trying to justify the price that we were charging our customers. Meaning in addition to a domain name, you could build a quick website. Very easy at the time. And again, this I'm taking everyone back, but back in 1997, 98, this was all really new stuff. And from there, we went on and bought his company. He and I bonded very quickly. He's older. He's an engineer. I'm more on the business side. He's more on the engineering and product side. And we realized that even though we look nothing alike and have completely different backgrounds, our values were the same. Our passions were the same. Our trust level with each other was very, very high. And he basically... I left Register after the IPO. It was time for me to move on. There was some disagreements with the CEO and the direction of the company. I was fortunate financially that I could do that. And he said, we're going to do something together. And from that, he and I started to brainstorm ideas. And, and that's how Facile was born. Thanks for tuning in to this K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. If you want to listen to our entire caffeinated career conversation, please check out the show notes for this episode. Thanks so much for listening to this latest episode of T4C. And if you're interested in learning more about my coaching services for confused college students and recent grads, feel free to check out the Time for Coffee website under the coaching tab at time4coffee.org or text me at 202-236-5712. That's 202-236-5712. Thank you.